You are listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. For more information about our church, please visit www.hopechurchipswich.net. If we haven't met before, my name's Tom and I'm one of the leaders here at Hope Church. Um, this morning we're going to continue our series where we're looking at a season of growth. Um, we are on an exciting journey as a church where we're anticipating moving into uh, a new premises uh, later this year, we hope. Um, as leaders, we've been praying. We need God's provision in this uh, in many, many different ways. Um, but we're also really praying for the church that this wouldn't be, be just a kind of, well, we're going to get a new building and that be that. But actually, we really believe God is speaking to us that um, not only um, does he want to grow us in number, and by moving to this new building later this year, there will be space for that, but actually that God wants to grow us in a number of really important ways. Um, just as it said that a goldfish, when it moves to a bigger bowl, um, grows to the size of the bowl, we're believing that God is um, call, calling us and urging us to grow in some ways. And we've really been diving into uh, the subject of community these last few weeks, and we're going to be uh, looking at that a little bit more again today, um, but particularly honing in on raising up others. If we're going to fulfill something of the calling that God has got for us, then we're going to need to get really, really good at raising up others. We're going to need to get really, really good at raising others to be all that God has called them to be. I don't know if you know this, but if you are a Christian, you have one job. You have one job, you have one commission from Jesus, and it's to make disciples. He said that after he had risen from the grave, he gathered his friends around him and he said, go into all of the world and make disciples of all nations, teaching people to obey all that I've commanded, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I am going to be with you. I'm going to be with you always. This is our one job that we have to do. This is our one task. Jesus has said that he will build the church. That's his job. Jesus is building the church. Our job is to make disciples. Our job is to raise up others. That is the very simple task that we have. Maybe this wasn't spelled out to you when you first placed your faith in Jesus. Maybe you thought this is all about making my life a little bit better, making it a little bit more uh, joyful. And yes, he brings us joy. Thankfully, he brings us lots of joy. But actually, he has called us to a great task, a great mission, and it's to make disciples. It's to raise up others. But what is, what is it that we're raising up others towards? What is it that we are, what's the goal of raising up others? Well, very simply, it's to raise up others to obey the great commandment, which is to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love others as we love ourselves. That's the, the goal of raising up others. Um, but as a friend of mine put it this week, I love this, a disciple is someone who is increasingly worshiping Jesus, being changed by Jesus, obeying Jesus in all of life and helping others to do the same. So that's, that's what a disciple looks like. And as you can see there, a disciple helps others to also follow Jesus. So that's our great joy. It's our job. It's our commission, but it's a great joy for us to increasingly worship Jesus, to be changed by him, to obey him. It's our joy to raise up others to do the same as well. God has saved us, hallelujah, from navel-gazing and from being all about ourselves and from being self-obsessed. He saved us from that, and he wants to save us to a life of being spent and poured out for others, to raise up others. That's what he's saved us to. Each one of us, 
uh, if you are a Christian here. A walk in which we come to know Jesus more, love him more, and call others to do the same. It's not just the role of a few paid professionals. It's not just the role of some senior leaders. It's not the role of people who have been Christians for 30 years. You don't get a little badge which says, I can now raise up others. I can now disciple others. No, this is for all believers. This is for all of us. Our role, our joy, our commission is to raise up others, to make disciples. So how does this look like? What does it look like on the ground? What does it look like in reality? Well, for a long time, First Thessalonians chapter 2 has been my go-to place. Some of you have heard me uh, speak on this before. Uh, it's so good for you to hear this again and again. But we're going to go to First Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to read verses 6 to 12. Uh, let me give you a little bit of context. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica, in Greece, and he's reminding them of the time that he spent with them. He's also speaking to them about lots of other things as well, about the coming of Jesus, uh, living a life that's pleasing to God in light of that. But he's reminding them of how he discipled them. And this is such a wonderful wonderful passage for us. So actually, we're going to read verses 5 to 12. We never came to you with words of flattery, as you know nor with a pretext for greed. God is our witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ, but we were gentle among you. Like a nursing mother taking care of her own children, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and blameless was our conduct towards you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, We exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. I'm going to pull out three things from this passage that raising up others looks like. Three things from this passage that we can learn about raising others. The first thing we note here is that raising others requires selflessness. It requires selflessness. This life, as I've already said, is not about us. It's about being poured out for others. That's what a a Christian life looks like. And it's not about being selfish and self-obsessed and drawn to our own needs, but actually to look to the needs of others. If we needed any uh, reiteration of what Paul was all about, we can see it in verse 6. We've just read it. He said here, We didn't seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. He's talking here about a life of selfless ministry. That's what Christian leadership looks like. And we want to call you to leadership, all of you, to leadership, to being leaders. And Christian leadership looks like being poured out. It looks like being poured out. The Apostle Paul, as he's uh, dying, he's about to go to his death and he's in prison. He writes to Timothy, his his disciple really and he says i'm being poured out like a drink offering that's what that's what leadership looks like it looks like being poured out for others in service of others and he describes himself as like a nursing mother taking care of her own young 
I don't know if you know this, but, but breastfeeding isn't particularly glamorous. It's not something that you do to draw attention to yourself. In fact, it's, it's, a really, it's totally giving of oneself. And it's, it never comes at a convenient time. When you want to go to sleep or when you're out and about, it never happens at a, a, a convenient time that your child is hungry and needing nourish, nourishment. If we're to give our lives to the raising up of others, and this is for each one of us if we are in Christ, then it will look like us being inconvenienced. It will look like us making sacrifices and having a selflessness. We will be uncomfortable because nurturing children means that we have to give of ourselves again and again and again. If we want to give our lives to others growing in God, then it will radically affect our diaries. It will radically affect our life ambitions. It will radically affect everything. It might look like minor uh, inconveniences sometimes, having bowls and plates that just get chipped and smashed all the time because you're opening up your home a lot. It might look like having to frantically hoover, not because you're house proud, but because you don't want your house to resemble a muffin. You actually want it to look like a house. So I'm talking as a father of young children here. You want to open up your home and your lives to people. And it, it looks like being inconvenienced sometimes. It looks like being hospitable and not thinking I'll be hospitable when I have a nice house or I'll be hospitable when I have uh, the, the means to do so. No, it looks like being hospitable now. It looks like starting now. If you want to be a hospitable person, don't think it will happen when because it won't happen when. It starts now with what you have. It's just like with generosity and giving of our money. It's not like, well, when I'm, when I'm earning 30 grand a year, then I will be able to give to the church and be generous. No, it starts now. Whatever you're able to give, it, it starts now. It's a, it's a generosity that bubbles up now, not a, when I have more. When I was a student, um, shared a, a very grotty house with three of my friends. There was mold everywhere, and it was just not very nice. But we on a regular basis, wanted to invite people into our home and not just other students. We wanted to invite people who could grow real beards into our house and we wanted to invite people who had a bit more wisdom than us into our house and we did so. We wanted to have people amongst us and when we'd finished uh, church, have people over and so on, having young people in our home because we wanted to practice hospitality even then, not at some point in the future when we have a nicer place. Whatever discipleship looks like, it will certainly look like selflessness. Whatever raising up others looks like, it will look like a giving of ourselves. It will, it will look like time given over. When we were um, newly married, Sarah and I uh, were youth leaders in our church. We had full-time jobs. And then in the evenings, we would give up a lot of our evenings each week to um, raising up young people, serving them in uh, youth groups but also having them in our home and there were times in fact I can look at my wife now and there were times to our shame when we had to make up excuses because we wanted to go to bed because these young people just were not getting the hints that we really wanted to go to bed and they just wouldn't get out of our house we had to like fake phone calls from my mum, you know all that kind of stuff just to but listen we we gave of ourselves and uh, it will look like being inconvenienced sometimes he calls us to a life of helping others to be raised up in Christ. Second thing we learn from this passage is that raising up others will look like life lived out together. So let's look again at verse 8. 
Paul says, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, that's pretty important, isn't it? Sharing the gospel, but also our own selves because you've become very dear to us. It's not just the message that's shared, it's life. It's willing to show our example to others, to show how this gospel changes us on the ground, not just on Sundays when it's very easy to look like we, the gospel has changed us, but actually in life as well. A very small part of raising up others, for me, is what I do uh, for half an hour on a, on a Sunday service. It's a very small part of raising up others. I think that the preaching of the word is essential and it's, it's really, really necessary for us. But I have no idea how this is landing in your lives. And unless there's some proximity, unless there's some life shared together, you're not going to see how it lands in my life as well. Now, I can't effectively disciple all of you in that way. So if, if our only context for kind of receiving discipleship or if my only context for giving discipleship is, is half an hour on a Sunday, that's not adequate. Paul's saying here, I was willing to share with you not only the gospel, but my whole life. Nothing can really replace the value of being physically present. No WhatsApp groups, no emails, no nothing can really replace physical presence. Why is that? Well, we see in verse 10, you are witnesses of how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct towards you believers. This looks like giving time to people. This looks like uh, giving people an opportunity to look into your life in some way. Not just giving people information. We're very good at giving people information, aren't we? We love to give people books to read. and We love to say, hey, read this and it will fix you. (laughs) Uh, Here's some information for you. But actually, we need to allow people to see how the truth of the gospel outworks itself in our lives. Jesus is calling us, each one of us, if we're, if we're a Christian here, and that's many of us here, if, if you're a Christian, he's calling you to a life lived out to raise up others, to raise others in him. This doesn't need to look like sitting down with someone and spouting out loads of information to them. It might just look like you doing what you would normally do and taking someone with you. This isn't just, I want to just stress, this isn't just for those who have attained to some kind of um, leadership in some way or to have kind of working for the church. The reason why I share uh, stories of, um, of what Sarah and I were doing when we were both working full time in regular jobs is to show that actually it is possible to raise up others and to invest in others even when we have uh, very, very busy schedules. For me, a big context for um, discipleship uh, now, but particularly in the past, has been taking people and going and playing football with them. So again, I wind back the clock to when we were in Southampton, and as youth leaders, every Monday night, I would take a bunch of three or four guys in my car uh, for a 20-minute drive, and we'd go and play football with some other guys, and then we would drive back, and I would drop them off at their homes. So I would have probably an hour and a half with them, maybe a little bit more than that. And on the way there, we have conversation and fun, and it may be profound, it may be really not profound. And then for 60 minutes playing football, I am on display. Not as an amazing footballer, because I really am not an amazing footballer, but I'm on display. How am I going to react if I get fouled badly? How am I going to react if people are losing their heads around them? What, what, What can I 
teach others through my example. And then on the way back, we've got opportunity to talk some more, to joke some more, to maybe pray some more. And at times, really wonderful things went on in the back of my uh, Volkswagen Polo, just praying with two or three guys, just asking God for his help on their, on their lives as they were going about trying to live for him in a very uh, difficult environment. I'd never said to these guys, hey, let me disciple you. I'd never said to them, hey, I want to help you, I want to help raise you up. No, I just said, let's go and play football. Let's go and do something that we're going to do anyway. And, uh, and in, the, in the process, discipleship happened. Raising up others happened. That's what Jesus did, right? That's how he operated. He took a bunch of people around with him, and he went to parties, and he went to funerals, and he went to the synagogue, and he went to the market, and he went to the temple, and he went to all kinds of different places. And wherever he went, people came with him, and they saw how he reacted. They saw how he lived. They had access to Jesus and they saw his example. Discipleship looks like life lived out together. Third and final thing, raising up others looks like, it looks like exhorting, encouraging and charging. Exhorting, encouraging and charging. So Paul has described himself and his co-workers as like nursing mothers. He said we we were like mothers feeding their children, selfless, gentle giving nourishing food. And now he says in verses 11 and 12, you know how like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So now he's saying, so he said, we were like mothers with you. And now he's saying, we were like fathers with you. And this is for all of us. We're to be uh, motherly in some ways, gentle, nourishing, selfless, self-giving, but we're to be fatherly in some ways. We're to bring a a charge and encouragement. Why? Well, it's because unless that happens, change isn't really going to come about. Unless that happens, change isn't really going to come. It's not just going to come from seeing our example, although it will come to a degree. But there are times where we need to bring an exhortation and a charge. We need to bring something to someone. And we actually need to say some things to someone that might be hard. Because God wants us to change. He's really ambitious for us. He's so ambitious for us that he's a, he can see what we could be. And, and a good father sees what their children could be. And will want to help shape them. To help them to be all that they could be. God sees that in us. And and, and a father sees that, a spiritual father, a spiritual mother sees that in those that they're helping to raise up. And we'll sometimes have to bring some things that might be difficult. Sometimes we need to exhort people. Sometimes we need to say some things. And the motivation is not, hey, come on, sort it out. No, the motivation is God has saved you. He's brought you into his kingdom. And he's got so much better for you. He really has. He wants you to get free of this stuff so that you can uh, do all that he's called you to do. That's the motivation. It's not sort it out. Get sorted because God will be angry with you. You don't know. That's not the motivation here. Jesus' disciples knew this better than anyone. They were encouraged. They were affirmed. They were lifted up by Jesus. They laughed with him. I bet they played pranks on each other. I bet they had loads of fun together. They had the invitation of a lifetime And yet this same Jesus who had brought them really, really close, he said to Peter, who I bet Peter walked around with a bit of kind of uh, pride 
you know, I'm one of the three. We go to get to go on special missions, me and Peter and uh, me and James and John. We get to go with Jesus on special missions. This kind of cl- the close-knit group here, he says to Peter, when Peter says, no, Jesus, we don't want you to go to the cross, he says, get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. I mean, that's a pretty strong thing to say to one of your mates, isn't it? Get behind me, Satan. He says to his disciples, you know, people in the world are like this. It's not to be like this amongst us. It's not to be like that. You're to be very different. He's saying to them, if you want to keep your life, you've got to lose it. You've got to take up your cross and follow me. So Jesus understood that the only way to disciple people was by inviting them into relationship with him. And at times bringing challenge because he saw their true identity, he saw what they could become, and he wanted to help shape them. He wanted to help make them more like him. He had a clear vision of what God wanted to do in their lives. So our heart motivation is not, come on, sort it out. It's God has called you into his kingdom and glory. As we see here in verse 12, he's got much better for you. Get, get free from this. As I've shared before, there was a time, there's been many a time in my life where people have brought very timely challenge. But one of the most, um, one of the most important and crucial interventions was when I was challenged as a university student by my own wife. And well, she wasn't my wife at the time, we were just friends. And she challenged me and she said, look, there's some ways in which you're living that are not honoring to God. And I, it impacted me. It, I went back to my room and I cried for about an hour or two hours, but I'd realized that I had been living in a way that wasn't, it wasn't worthy of his kingdom and his glory. It wasn't that call. It wasn't living out uh, my, my true calling to his kingdom and his glory. So discipleship, raising up others, it requires this invitation. You can only withdraw as much credit from the cash machine as you have in the bank. Disciples recognize they are only really able to give as much challenge as they have relational capital. There may be things that you need to say to someone. There may be some things that you need to challenge on. But listen, that person needs to know that you love them. That person needs to be absolutely sure that you love them. And this is done out of a heart of love. That Our challenge, our exhortation is done out of a heart of love. Discipleship, raising up others, it's a long-haul thing. It's a long-haul thing. It will take time. We need to lovingly call people out from the things that hold them back and into what God has called them to do. So as we come to a close, I want to just urge you, I want to exhort you, friends, to step up into this, to live your life in a way that seeks to raise others up. Some of you have been doing this for decades. Some of you have done this for years. Some of you are very brand new to this. But as I said at the beginning, you don't have to kind of get some sort of uh, badge that I can now officially raise up others. No, if you're chasing hard after God yourself, if you're enjoying him, if you're growing to love him more and more, it's as simple as just pursuing him and calling others to come along. It's as simple as that. It really is. It's about, about getting into people's lives, about sharing life with people. And, and God will give you faith to particularly raise up particular people. He will, he will nudge you on some people as you ask him. 
But as we invest in others, as we step up into this, we will see God do incredible things through this church. We will. We'll see people raised up into all that God has got them for. We'll see people not sort of uh, staying in a place of immaturity. We'll see people maturing. So can I encourage you and urge you to lean in? Can I encourage you to lean in, step up into this? Andy Stanley, who um, is a preacher in the States, one of my favorite quotes is this, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone that you raise. And I was hearing this week a bunch of leaders here were gathered, and we were hearing from Mike Betts, who's going to be preaching here in a few weeks' time. He was saying, our role isn't to be the hero, but to raise up many, many heroes. And we see that, we see that as our role more and more and more. Then we're going to see exponential multiplication. We're going to see many people running in their lanes, doing all that God has called them to do. And it's a joy. It is an absolute joy to see people that I have spent time with and invest in flourishing. I love this quote. If you live gladly to make others glad in God, your life will be hard, your risks will be high, and your joy will be full. There is joy. There is joy in seeing others uh, raised up. There's joy in seeing it. And I can look around this country, actually, and see uh, people who I've uh, spent time with. It may not have always been profound. It might have just been walking and talking. It might have been playing football. It might have been having a pint at the pub. It might have been a number of different contexts. But I've got a joy of seeing people now stepping up in some ways into, into great things that God has for them. So this is for all of us. This isn't just for a few people. This is for all of us. So it will look different for each one of us. I heard this great uh, analogy this week about Lego pieces. Some of them are two connectors. Some of them are four. Some of them are six. Some of them, you get these huge boards that could connect loads of pieces. For some of you, you have such a high capacity. I mean, you can just disciple loads of people. You can raise up loads and loads of people. You're just this massive Lego piece that you can just connect with people and meaningfully have them in your lives and invest in them. Some of you are like two-piece connectors. But that's okay. The deal here is that we are obeying Jesus in his commission to make disciples. If you are up for this, I want to just encourage you to stand where you are right now. But if you're saying, I want to give myself to a life of raising up others, this is a moment where I just believe God wants to come and, and really help us by his spirit. So I'm just going to pray for us. Lord, I want to pray right now for all of my brothers and sisters here who are saying, I'm up for this. I'm up for this life that is poured out for others. I'm up for this life that will be spent on raising up others. Holy Spirit, would you just come and just fall upon lives right across the room. Fall upon hearts and minds. Come and empower us for this. Lord God, we know this is a long haul thing. This is going to be something that takes time. But Lord God, we want to see many people coming to grow and grow into maturity. We want to, we want to be a church which is, is, is full of spiritual mothers and fathers. And that might be people who have only been in the faith for a short time. It might be that we have spiritual mothers and fathers in this room who are in their teens. 
were in their 20s. Lord God, I want to pray, Father, that we would, we would be a church that gives ourselves to this. Yes, yes, you would even now just lay on hearts names of people. There would be some, some faith rising. Yeah, I can get alongside that person. It may not look very impressive. It may not look very systematic or official, but I'm just going to get time with that person. I'm going to love them well. Yes, God. Father, would you help us? I pray. Would you empower us? Help us to do this job. This is the one job you've given us. <laughs> Lord, I pray that we would make disciples. Yeah. We would raise up others. This community would be full of people who are really speaking into the lives of others. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. Please feel free to make a copy of this content, but please do not edit the content in any way.